Frank Mick is back with another episode of Faith Fire Media. Man, we are really getting to the good stuff, aren't we? Getting free. This week is part four of winning your freedom. Winning freedom. And we're doing it through the word of God and the power of his Holy Spirit. Last week, we talked a lot about our posture toward truth. How does Jesus see us? Do we see ourselves the same way? And how once we put our faith in how Jesus sees us, it sets us up for breakthrough. We're going to dig in deeper today. We're going to look at how we now partner with Jesus to get free from demonic oppression or our sin nature that has kept us bound. Stick to it. Stay with us. We're right back after the intro. Bye. So glad you downloaded or got on YouTube one more time. We're talking about winning your freedom for the fourth time. Why? Because we're being methodical and taking our time as we go down this journey toward freedom. And listen, no one's perfect. I'm not going to claim I'm perfect by any means. We're always being washed and cleansed and conformed more into the image of the Son of God, Jesus himself. We don't arrive we arrive once we get to heaven and we have a new body. Amen. And we're in heaven with him and we don't have any more tears. There's no more sorrow. Until then, there's this progress as we have relationship with Jesus. There's this progressive falling in love with Jesus more and more and becoming more and more like Jesus and falling into the rest in Jesus and learning of Jesus and allowing him to make our lives full of rest and our burdens easy and his yoke light and he wants us to be free and so with that in mind i'll do a real a real quick recap frank mickens your host here faith fire media i'm with faith fire worldwide revival ministries you can get us online at faithfireworldwide.com we are here simply to flame uh, stir up the flame of revival fan the flame of revival all over the world and we want to do this in many ways one of them is this broadcasting revival broadcasting the power of the word of god the power of the spirit of god on the airwaves so that you can get set free. With that said, we talked about as we began this journey, Satan's nature and how he uses uh, the power of the air as it's described in Ephesians chapter two, to commerce in lies, to traffic lies, to trade in lies. And so what he does is he gets into our minds through media, through what we read, uh, through what we've experienced and then giving us a message about that trauma accusing people so we're judgmental he gets into our mind he traffics in iniquity which is another word for twisting the truth we got that from ezekiel 28 where the lord says about him in verse 14 nope ezekiel 28 and verse 18 it says by the multitude of your iniquities by the iniquity of your trading this is how he defiles sanctuaries. You are a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. So the enemy's plan is to defile you. He wants to stain you. He wants to taint you so the Holy Spirit can get his full reward in your life. So the Holy Spirit can have full control in your life. It's a lie straight from the enemy. The Lord can get control if we allow him. We do have a will, and if our will does not agree with the will of God, then he lets us have our way. 
Even though he's more powerful, he doesn't force us to do anything. And so we need to be open to freedom. We need to be open. But the enemy comes in with lies. He twists the truth. That's what iniquity means, twists something. He twists the truth and he gives us lies. He feeds them. He broadcasts them. He communicates them in many ways in our gates, our eyes, our ears, our mouths, our nose, and our hands and touch. So you can touch something and be defiled. We know that, right? You can read something, watch something and be defiled. You can listen to something and be defiled. You can smell something and be defiled. It's all there. It's all there. And the enemy does it to defile the sanctuary through feeding us lies. So through these experiences with our natural senses, through the gates of our senses, these are the gates to your soul. This is how information gets into your soul, your senses. He then invades your soul with lies. And then he tries to build something called a stronghold, which is where we talked about uh, most of our time, spent most of our time last week. But we're going to go back to that as we recap last week in the book of Joshua, chapter six. We're going to recap a little bit and then go further into this story at Jericho. So the stronghold of Jericho is a metaphor for the stronghold the enemy wants to build in your life. So the people of God had escaped bondage, just like you escape sin when you come to Jesus. And they were entering into the promised land. They had crossed the Jordan, which was the dividing line. And they are now baptized into the promises of God through which they went through the Red Sea, which represents the blood of Jesus, the Red Sea, the blood of Jesus. Amen. We go through the blood of Jesus into the promises of God because he was the perfect atonement for our sins. And so now we get what we don't deserve, the promises of God. But the problem is in the promised land, you still have imps. You have devilish activity. And so Jericho's in the promised land. Jericho is standing in the way of the people of God, seizing their full inheritance, which was Canaan, a place full of idolatry. And so the world is full of idolatry. Our families can be full of idolatry. The way we've been taught can be full of idolatry. The books we read when we were kids could be full of idolatry. And so to seize the promises that we are supposed to reap as we come into relationship through the Red Sea of the blood of Jesus Christ, entering to his promised land, there are interruptions by things like Jericho. And so Jericho, we know, had a big wall. It was like an 18-foot wall, and it had two sections, a lower wall, a taller wall. So it was very hard, impenetrable, impossible to access. They were renowned for being impossible to overcome because of their wall. And so that's the lie of the enemy in your life, that there are things in your life that are impossible for God to break, that there are things in your life that the Lord just can't get over, that there are mountains and giants like Goliath in the promised land. They're going to keep you from the, the promises of God. They're lies. That's part of the trade. It's part of part of his commerce as he broadcasts using the power of the air to get into our mind and help us believe a lie. Look, if you can believe some, if you can get someone to believe they're a dog, they'll act like a dog. If you can get someone to believe that they're a monkey, they'll act like a monkey. And if the enemy can get you to believe that you're a drug addict or that you're an alcoholic or that you're a victim or you're an abuser or you are homosexual or you are these identities, identity is so big in our culture. And I'm going to say some controversial stuff right now. Identity is such a big thing in our culture because it's a lie of the enemy. He wants you to buy a lie. Your identity is absolutely inseparable from what Jesus did on the cross, whether you believe in Jesus or not. At that point, that was a point of decision. Either you're going to believe in me and receive what I did on the cross or not. And that is the decision. That is where our identity is. 
in him. We are to abide in him and his word is to abide in us. We're supposed to be in an abundant life with Christ, not outside of his promises, not living outside of his promises, being defiled, but living inside of his promises and being blessed. Amen. And so it's important that we understand our, where our identity comes from. The enemy tries to change our identity and say, oh, you're an outsider and you should be proud of it. Well, yes, if you're a Christian, the Bible calls us peculiar people. But because you're gay, you want to be proud of that or because you're transgender or because you're a Republican or because you're this or that tall, short. We got a lot of people talking about. You know, now we need to be more mindful of being of people who are overweight. Look, overweight is not healthy. Listen, I'm not here to judge you, but overweight is not healthy. So we shouldn't be proud of being overweight. The enemy is in this world sowing seeds of untruth. And if you can believe I will always be overweight, I will always be 400 pounds and I should just be proud of it. You just bought the lie. This is why this teaching is so incredible. This is going to get you free from things that if you did not hear this truth, if you did not get the word of God, you would not be able to change because the enemy is not going to let you go. Not unless you apply the word of God. Some of you are listening to me right now. And you're thinking, man, I've got a son, a daughter, a friend who's gay and they're not changing. Change your profession. The Bible says it's an abomination that it is not natural and that the Lord doesn't like it. And so that means the Lord wants to heal it. He wants to set us free from it. And I will stop there real quick. There are two types of ways you can be oppressed. OK, you can be demonically oppressed where, where demons literally are inhabiting you or they're influencing you, depending on the the amount of allegiance you pay to what demons are doing in your life. You can be possessed or you can be influenced. Or you can be stuck in cycles or strongholds like Jericho because of natural things that happened in your family. Let's say you have cerebral palsy. Well, you didn't sin to get that. That was in your DNA. But the Lord wants to heal that, too. The Lord wants to set us free from those things, too. You might be born blind. Jesus healed blind people. You might be born deaf. Jesus healed deaf people. You might have been born mute. Jesus healed mute people. You might have ADHD. Jesus will heal ADHD. You might have anxiety. Jesus can heal anxiety. You might have been molested and had trauma. Jesus can set you free. And that's what we talked about last week. We read in Joshua chapter 6 and verse... Let me go to Joshua, not Judges. I did that last week. That's so funny. They're next to each other, so it's easy to happen. I'm looking at the J as I'm talking to you, and I'm thinking I'm in Joshua. No, I'm in Judges. But that's a good little aside to lighten things up a little bit. And it says here, and this is what we talked about last week, Jericho was shut up because they saw Israel coming. And that's what the enemy does. When you get saved, he doubles down and tries to dig in his heels in your life, the strongholds of your life. He wants you to stay bound. Oh, they know Jesus. Okay, but that doesn't mean they're going to get set free from meth. It doesn't mean they're going to get set free from crack. It doesn't mean they're going to get set free from prostitution. It doesn't mean they're going to get set free from criminal mindedness. They just can't seem to stop hustling. They just can't seem to stop abusing people. They just can't see. I'm going to make them believe they'll never change. That's exactly who they are. And Jesus loves them just the way they are. You ever heard people say that? Jesus loves you just the way you are. Yes, he does. But that doesn't mean he leaves you there. Jesus doesn't leave you in bondage. What kind of friend is that? Jesus says, I call you friends. 
when you know you can help somebody and you don't, that's not being friendly. Amen. So don't just take the bait of the enemy. He tries to lie and say, oh, Jesus loves you just the way you don't have to change. Well, if you're overweight, the Lord wants you to change. He doesn't want you to die of diabetes. He doesn't want you to die of heart disease. The Lord wants you to die because you just didn't have any more breaths left. Amen, somebody. He doesn't want you to die of cancer. He wants you to die because you just didn't have any breaths left. Study the way Moses died. It's amazing. The brother looked just like he did when he started out 40 years earlier. And the Lord just said, it's time to come home. That's how I want to go. I want to be healthy and strong. Okay. And we live in a world that feeds us additives. So we'll use this as a metaphor. The world feeds us additives, all the stuff they put in our food. It makes us fat, makes us addicted. Sugar is addictive. We're addicted to this stuff. We're addicted to fast food. We're addicted to fried foods. All this stuff comes from additives. Well, there are additives the enemy puts into your mind to get you to buy a lie, such as I will always be gay because I was born this way. But it doesn't match up with scripture. And so we can go through the Bible and say, oh, Jesus loves everybody. And Jesus never spoke about homosexuality. Well, Jesus said the law and the prophets are fulfilled in me. He didn't come to change anything. He came to augment what was already done. The law says homosexuality is improper. The book of Romans says, which is New Testament, sexual relations with the same gender is improper. And so we don't need to lie against the truth, says the word of God. That's what Satan does. He wants you to take the bait. So just do like we talked about last week. See how Jesus sees. So Jesus says to Joshua in verse two of Joshua six, see, he says, open your eyes. See what I see. So the people of Israel saw an impenetrable force. Jericho, shut up, digging in their heels, big wall, never been conquered. And here's little Israel with no cannons because they didn't even exist. How are they going to get in there? Jesus said, see, see how I see. He says, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. Everybody that's going to fight against you is going to fall. Even the strongest one of them. So let's talk about that in your life, whatever the bad habit is, the thing that's a stronghold in your life, there's a root. OK, let's back up. Last week we did this. We're going to do it again. Holy Spirit. Talk to us. Talk to me. Let's make it personal. Do I have a stronghold in my life? Has the enemy set up shop in my life, in my mind, in my soul? And kept me in some kind of cycle. He doesn't want to let me go from this. Maybe I'm depressed. I have a low self-esteem. Maybe I think I'll always be poor because my whole family's been poor. I've just stayed on food stamps my whole life. That's what God wants for me. What is the stronghold in my life that I don't believe I can get free from? I see other people and say, oh, yeah, I'll never be like that. Now, that thing is a stronghold in your life. The Holy Spirit's ministering to you. Now, so now we need to see, like Jesus said to Joshua. He said, see, I've given these things into your hand, into your hand, not mine. He says, it's your decision to fight, says Jesus to Joshua. Go fight. I've given them to your hand. Now, Joshua could have decided not to fight and say, yeah, that wall's too big. They've never been defeated. We're just a small group of people. We just got out of Egypt. We're tired. You know, we don't have a whole lot of fighters. We can't get through there. But Joshua didn't do that. He heard the voice of the Lord and he went with the people to attack. And we'll talk about how he attacked in a later teaching. But today, let's talk about 
the root. So he says, I've given Jericho to your hands, not just Jericho. He says, I've given the king into your hands. Now, kings rule kingdoms. There's only one king. You can't have two kings, right? You ever heard of that? Dual kings? It doesn't work. And so in your life, here's the truth. The Lord wants to be the king of your life and no one else. But if you're in a stronghold, there's some other force in your life that has become king and is reigning in that area of your life. If you're smitten by pornography, you can't break it, shake it. Then the enemy is king in your life in that area. The Bible literally says you become slave to sin in whatever area you sin. That you can become slave to sin in the area where you sin. It's in the book of Romans. So we don't want to be in that situation. We don't want the king to stay king unless his name is Jesus. And so the root is where the strong man resides. And so I'm going to look up that verse about the strong man so we can get some biblical teaching on that. But that king is a demonic spirit that seeks to keep you bound. And if you can topple the strong man, then you can topple the issue. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 12 and verse 29. And it says, actually, let's go to verse 27. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus says, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do you do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So Jesus is saying the way you cast out demons is by the spirit of God, because that's how the kingdom of God operates. Then in verse 29, he says, or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? And then he will plunder his house. So right now, the king of the issue of your life is a demonic force. And he is he is calling it his house. It's his house. But Jesus says you can enter that strong man's house and take his goods away if you bind the strong man. That's Matthew 12, 29. Write that down. If you know that you're in a battle and you want to get set free from something that is demonically inspired, a cycle in your family. All of y'all can't stop lying. All of y'all can't stop stealing. All of y'all just can't stop arguing. It's a stronghold. Now, some things you might think, oh, man, it's not that serious. This is a little thing. That's a lie from the enemy. Jesus wants you set free from everything. Don't try to say, oh, well, just because I can't stop spanking my child, it's, it's small. I'm not like abusing him. Or, you know, I don't steal expensive stuff. I just steal gum. <laughs> I'm just using those as examples. Y'all know what I'm saying, though. We don't want to believe the lie that, it, that it's not important just because it's not egregious in our own eyes or because it's not drastic in our own eyes. We need to see it the way Jesus sees it. He says, open your eyes. See, I've given it into your hands. So we want to tackle the root. The root is where the, the king, the strong man comes in and sets up shop. He comes in and he says, oh, now I own you. I own you. He calls it his house. And so trauma is a, is a gateway to a lot of this stuff. It's like if you've been molested, you might be 
you might have a hard time seeing sex as something good or you might have sexual immorality in your life because that spirit is a king in your life. Now, that's okay. Like, I'm not saying that to say, oh, you're beyond help. What I'm saying is we need to see it for what it is. It's a demonic stronghold. It's a demonic influence in your life. And the Lord wants that things to be torn down, just like the walls of Jericho. Amen. And so, like we did last week, and like we just did a minute ago, Lord, show us the strong man in our life. What's the root? Is it poor self-esteem? We don't like ourselves. We haven't forgiven someone for what they did. That gives the enemy a right to be there. The Bible records, I'm going to find it for you right now, that we must forgive because we have been forgiven. And so what happens is when we don't forgive, you give the enemy a, a reason to be there and claim possession because you're you're living in sin. You're walking in sin. And so the enemy's like he's in allegiance or she uh, is in allegiance. You see what I'm saying? And, and if you're in allegiance with the enemy, then the enemy will keep you in allegiance with him until you change course and repent. Hold on one second. I'm going to type this. And I uh, find this verse because this is not where I had intended to go. Um, and it's fine. I can't find it offhand. I'm probably not typing it in the perfect old English. But the, but Jesus did say, forgive as you have been forgiven. He said that. And I'm going to type it a different way. Because I'd love to give you the scriptural reference. Glory to God. Lord, if it's your will. Well, we're, we're getting short on time, so... Find it for yourself. But the Bible says, forgive for you have been forgiven. So when you don't forgive, even if you haven't forgiven yourself, you now have given the enemy a right to claim possession of your issue. I won't forgive that person for molesting me. Well, you're going to have a hard time not living under that trauma because you've invited that spirit to stay there because you've not forgiven the other person. You've not let them go. And so when we let people go and we say, Lord, I've been forgiven. I forgive them. It's not my job. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You take vengeance the way you want. I'm not going to wish ill on them. You said, bless those that curse you. Do good to those who despitefully use you and persecute you. You say, love your enemy. Praise God. But we need to get to the strong man. We need to get to the root. Knowing the root, which is what happened, can also identify the strong man, which is what spirit is there that I need to just give to the Lord? And once that demon lets go, Jericho falls. And we're going to talk about that next week. I've got to run. I pray that this is something you can chew on. Read that Joshua 6. Get ahead of me if you want and look at how they took down Jericho and look at where the ark was. What was the ark doing? What was the presence of God? Where was the presence of God in that fight? Amen. Praise God for you. I really hope to see you next week. I hope you're digging into this. Thank you so much for everyone subscribing and, and everyone downloading. We had more than 100 downloads. We've got uh, 250 subscribers. Subscribe on YouTube if you're listening to us. And then if you want to download the podcast, if you're watching us, you can take it on the go on your uh, mobile device when you're traveling. 
I think that's a good idea. Praise God for you. I'm Frank Megan. So glad you've been with us. Check out faithfireworldwide.com in your free time, and we'll see you next week. God bless you. Thank you.